From Rivers Barden Architects, this is Spork in the Road, a podcast featuring conversations with creative individuals about their path, craft, and passions. In this episode, our resident architects Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden visit with Troy Schultz, a stage actor and director and content producer for Houston Public Media. They gave me a call and asked me what I was doing. I said, I'm working in a toilet. Um, (laughs) But they were like, you know, if you move back to Houston, we'll put you to work, you know, acting all the time. So I said, all right, I'll be there in a month. Wow. I left. I packed up a bunch of stuff and threw away a bunch of stuff and got on an Amtrak train and and, uh, took a train back to Houston. Troy Schultz is a stage actor and director from Houston, Texas and a content producer for Houston Public Media. Joe and Kevin sat down with Troy to discuss his career in acting, how it differs from directing, and his work producing content for public media. Here's Joe, followed by Troy. Guess to start off, uh, where are you from? I'm from uh, this area. I was born in Texas City, um, but then I was uh, an Air Force brat, so... The first couple years of my life were spent in the Philippines on Clark oh, Air Force Base. Um, and then we moved back uh, to El Dorado, Arkansas, and then to Plano, Texas, then Carrollton, Texas. And then by the time I was in fifth grade, I was back in this area, Fort Big County. Okay. Um, but my whole family is kind of from this, from the Houston, Galveston area. Nice. I went to... Junior high and my freshman year of high school out in Richmond, Rosenberg. And then my sophomore year of high school, I, I went to HSPBA. I got into... Oh, cool. So that was a commute yeah, every yeah. day. But there were also, there were a few kids from my neighborhood who, who went so we could we could carpool. And oh, stuff that's great. Too. Yeah. What'd you go for? Uh, theater. Nice. Wow. Was there a big play or... Uh, production in high school that you remember? Like, what was what would be your favorite or most impactful? In high school it, at HSPVA, probably it would have been um, Amadeus. Oh. Um, I I got the chance to play the lead. I got the chance wow. to play Salieri. That was probably my favorite thing from from high school. Yeah. What a uh, it I took mean, a lot a of work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, seriously. I mean, it took so much work that my academic classes were slipping. And I remember my algebra two class, um, I was failing and, um, the teacher gave me like 30 points to pass me on my semester (laughs) average. And she was like, I think you need to get down on your knees. But I, I think she understood that it was, it was important to me and it was taking up a lot of my time and, you know, um, she cut me a little slack for, mm-hmm. for that. So. A little, little slack. Yeah, yeah. A little slack. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then that led you into college. Mm-hmm. I went to SUNY Purchase. That's about 45 minutes north of New York City, kind of along the Connecticut border near White Plains. Tiny little um, liberal arts college, but they had a really great um, acting program, also a great film program. Wow. And um, a friend of mine had gone there. And, and he said it was kind of one of those hidden, kind of one of those best kept secret kind of thing. Right. A lot of kids would go to places like they would want to go to Juilliard or uh, North Carolina School of the Arts um, 
or at NYU, um, mm-hmm. but people were saying that this was a really great program. And, and after doing some research on it and seeing some of the, the alumni that had graduated from there, I was like, yeah, this sounds good. And they only accept a really small group of students every year. And, um, and so that sounded like it would be kind of the most sort of intense and, and fun thing. So it was a conservatory, so wow. I didn't have to take academic classes or, you know. You didn't have to retake no, algebra, too. No algebra. <laughs> no math. No math. Um, just electives and, and stuff. So uh, so I auditioned for that, and they accepted 18 wow. people. Man. So you become really close with your, your group. Yeah. And you become close with the other groups, too. People would graduate and... Then they would they'd come back to visit just to hang out with their old friends, you know. Right. So was, I mean, right. most people out of that school would wind up in in New York City, which I did for about two and a half, more like a year and a half actually. Mm-hmm. I was in New York City. Yeah. What what kind of work were you getting into in New York City after college? Ooh. <laughs> this is where it gets really interesting. Um, huh. I didn't do a lot of uh, theater work. Mm-hmm. Um, after I graduated, you, when you graduate from a program like that, you're in a consortium with other schools like Boston University, North Carolina School of the Arts, Carnegie Mellon. Um, and, and so the graduating class goes to a, a an audition, like a showcase audition for all these casting directors and agents. And so the, the idea is that you come out of there with, you know, you're immediately called for auditions and you start, you kind of like, you're kind of launched into the business. Well, it didn't really happen for me that way. And um, because I think I fell into, I wasn't instantly castable. I think that I looked, I I, I couldn't play 18 years old, you know, Um, Hmm. and I couldn't really play older. So I was in this kind of limbo um, and, and maybe more of a character actor than a lot of my peers. Hmm. So I had to kind of take, you know, just jobs, a coffee shop. I, I worked at a Starbucks, um, like one of the first ones in New York City. Oh. I, I, and then after that, I got a job <laughs> working as a bathroom attendant at a topless bar. Wow. And then moved to another topless bar. <laughs> uh, that was a really interesting job. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was kind of like an upscale place. Um, you know, like Law and Order would come in there and film scenes. For, <laughs> oh, wow. You know, like, you know, movies were shot there when they had to do like a, you know, a strip club thing because it was a kind of an upscale place. Um, but I made really good money there and I could pay my rent in like a night. So I only worked like a few nights a week. Wow. And like took cabs everywhere. I mean, it was... I, I like to say I was like a gentleman of leisure. <laughs> I would just go, nice. you know, my days off, I would just go see like a couple of movies. Every, yeah. You know, I mean, I just, it was, it was fun. And and I got to kind of explore New York and I loved it. You know, one mm-hmm. of the most romantic things for me living there and, 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 you know, working that job was taking a cab home at, you know, 4.30 in the morning and driving over the, Brooklyn Bridge, and I'm just counting my money in the backseat, you know, <laughs> looking over my shoulder at the at the New York skyline, and just wow. going, you know, this is just, you know, it was just this really romantic kind of wow. feeling, you know. Yeah, really. I miss that, you know. Um, but it, uh, doing that for too long, it gets that's just 
yeah. unsustainable. Um, so after a while, um, I was kind of ready to, you know, for a change. And yeah. it just so happened that um, some friends of mine from here were starting up a group. And um, I had worked with them when I was down for a summer while I was in college. And I was down in Houston and I did a show. And uh, I loved the experience. I loved the people that I worked with. And then this was all kind of, this group was forming. Um, and then they gave me a call and asked me what I was doing. I said, I'm working in a toilet. Um, <laughs> but they were like, you know, if you move back to Houston, we'll put you to work, you know, acting all the time. Yeah. So I said, all right, I'll be there in a month. And wow. I left. I packed up a bunch of stuff and threw away a bunch of stuff and got on an Amtrak train and, and uh, took a train back to Houston. How do you approach acting? How do you approach your, your characters? Um, it all depends really on the character. Um, hmm. I, I mean, I come from that kind of Stanislavski, Meisner method uh, training. That's what the kind of training that I had at, at, at Purchase. Um, but for me, I couldn't do that. I couldn't really just dive into that and make that my go-to way of getting into a role. It just, mm -hmm. it wasn't my, it, it was too emotional. Like I, I was known in, in, in college as being the one kid in my company who could never cry in front of the class, you know, <laughs> who could never do a scene and just break down. I mean, it just, it was something that I, 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 I didn't have that emotional experience in my back pocket mm -hmm. yeah. where a lot of my uh, other peers did. And so it was just, it was difficult for me to go into that and get there and use it. Um, so I always really went from a imagination place, you know, what is it, you know, imagining what it would be like to, you know, be that person, mm -hmm. um, or coming up with external ways to get me into an emotional state, mm -hmm. um, Listening to music a lot of times helped um, if I could sort of match what I was going for in an emotional state to a piece of music and listening to that would sort of trigger something. Um, but I think that I always was able to speak and communicate honestly. I, I think that that's something that I've always sort of had mm -hmm. um, was the ability to just kind of communicate naturally and honestly. So having that, you know, that goes a long way, first of all. So, you know, any kind of external things that you can add on top of that, whether it's, a, you know, a, a dialect or a sort of um, physical um, affectation or something, um, these are all sort of ways that I would kind of use to get in, in touch with whatever the character is. And also, you know, just using the words on the page. Right. Um, you know, if it's a really great piece, if it's, mm -hmm. if it, you know, if it's, if the writing is really good, a lot of times all you really have to do is say those words and just sort of let them work and just come from a place of, you know, just, just, 
you know, just use what's on the page. Yeah. And it's really awesome to hear how great writing can um, just in and of itself generate and, you know, take somebody in an audience and a performer places that it never would have gotten and word order and cadence and yeah. emphasis. And it's, it's like, it's like hearing a piece of music that that elicits an emotional response that, that might make you cry or something like that. When you, if it's a great piece of writing, just saying the words a lot of times will, you know, it does it all for you. It just, it triggers something in you and, yeah. and it gets you there. Wow. So. What was it like being a director? What was, have you? Yeah, I like it. Uh, it you know, it's, it's exactly the opposite of acting because when you're a director, or when you're an actor, you're you're constantly gaining um, control. So, the, you know, through the rehearsal process, and then once you once you're in performance, you know, you have all the control now. The director has no control. The director gives up control throughout the process. Hmm. So it's it's a different, completely different experience. You have all the con- the director has all the control at the very beginning, and then by the time it's opening night happens, you have no control at all, <laughs> you know. And so that's that can be um, frustrating, but I really enjoy it. And and I look at when I direct something, I look at it as a a, a collaboration. I mean, a lot of times I'll have an idea in my head about how it should look or how the, the scene should go. But I always wanted to know what, what the performers are going to bring to it before I make that decision, you know? Um, But seeing something that you've kind of put together uh, come to fruition in front of people is just, I love that experience. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's very rewarding. Speaking with uh, like knowing Joe's background, a lot of, uh, you know, Joe, and you can speak to this as well, but you really came up through the construction industry, mm-hmm. you know, like really kind of making things, uh, laborer to carpenter to these kind of things. And now from the architect side, it's almost like the director where I've, I've, I haven't really heard that analogy before, but I yeah, think it's either, a perfect, yeah, yeah. perfect um, uh, um, metaphor for architecture too, where as architects, we have so much control in the schematic phase, you know, it's like, and it's just a sketch on a page and there's nothing else there. And there's no contractors, there's no subcontractors, there's no anything like that. It's you and the client. And then by the end of the process, you know, you've totally letting go. Mm-hmm. You, the general contractor is taking it. You're there as an advocate for somebody else and it's somebody else making it. And after that, then it's, it's totally the life of right. its own. It's the client who's yeah. living there yeah. for, you know, the next how many years or a public project. And really at that point, you know, you're totally hands off. But at some point, it was this thing that existed on, you know, a page this big. Yeah, and yeah. Something that you, like, sort of birthed from your imagination. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And it's constantly letting yeah. go, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's a real, I really like that way of, of looking at it. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, yeah. That's, it totally works in that context mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get into it? Uh, what brought you to journalism? Well, I think writing um, was something that 
I kind of got into, uh, it was a day job. I, I, I started working for um, Microsoft Sidewalk, which a lot of uh, people in our group uh, worked for that company. Jim Parsons worked there. Greg Dean worked there. We knew a lot of the media people in town and 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 they they kind of uh, helped us you know get jobs i guess <laughs> um so i started writing bl- like little event blurbs for this city guide and you know they told us that we could kind of you know use our sense of humor and stuff and and be creative and and you know make it an entertaining kind of read and and so that's how i kind of started and then I started writing for the Houston Press. Uh, I started doing art reviews. So I did that for a little while. And wow. What were you tapping into for that? How, how do you get into <laughs> art cr- critic? I don't, you know, I don't know how it just sort of happened. Like my editor was like, hey, you want to try? Because I was writing little capsule reviews and, and or little event blurbs, like previews. And she's like, do you want to try to write? You want to try writing a review, like a full length piece? And I'm like. I guess I can try it. Yeah, you know, um, you know, pays a little bit more. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can definitely try. Uh, yeah, it. definitely. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, so I did, and I I enjoyed it. And um, although I I, I quickly I, I burnt out doing that. Really? Yeah, because I just didn't enjoy being a critic. I because you want to be honest. You don't mm-hmm. want to put something out there that's just sort of, you know, a puff piece or whatever. You want to be you know, you want to put your opinion behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I just, and, and I felt bad about some, a couple of things that I'd written and just didn't want to do that anymore. And when I got the chance to work, uh, for Houston public media, uh, it was doing radio interviews, interviewing artists. And I thought, well, this is great. I just let the artists speak for themselves, you <laughs> yeah. know? And, mm-hmm. And just edit it together. And that's um, kind of how that the media thing with me has evolved. Hmm. Um, and I love working in media. Um, and I love kind of being able to give artists a voice and be, let them talk about their work. Like, you guys are letting me do that, <laughs> you know. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to, to see it come together. And, hmm. and you, you know, you put something out there that, you know... Um, is interesting and, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, gives someone some attention that you feel, you know, they deserve. And that's always great. Yeah. You know? How do you see, how do you see your journalism evolving? Where would you like to see it kind of well, take to? For mm-hmm. one thing, I don't, I'm not sure I consider what I'm doing journalism. Cause I think what I, what I do is more editorial, but I would like to, to get more into producing, TV shows and, and, and web series. I mean, hmm. I enjoy uh, a series that I do now called Skyline Sessions, which is a, a music series where we have bands in the studio and oh, wow. get to interview them. And um, and uh, I've gotten to meet, you know, some of my favorite musicians through it. And uh, so that's a that's a really that's a passion of mine. That sounds like fun. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. And um, you get to kind of turn people on to stuff that you like. And, and um, you know, that's, that's always fun, too. Um, spreading your, you know, passion that you have for art to other people. Um, so... 
thanks so much for uh, spending your afternoon with us. Yeah, thank a, you a very fun much, conversation. Troy. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You can follow Troy and his work at Catastrophic Theater Company in Houston, Texas, or online at Houston Public Media. A special thanks goes out to our guest, Troy Schultz, to our interviewers extraordinaire, Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden, and to everyone out there listening to Season 3 of Spork in the Road podcast. This episode was written, produced, narrated, edited, and music by Scott Barden. For more information on Rivers Barden Architects, visit riversbarden.com.